Hello, this is another episode. In case you're wondering what this mind-blowing new phenomenon is in your life, it is uh, another episode of the Soapy Rao Show. Yeah, crazy how this thing works. It's interesting how we associate ah, with excitement and uh, with un, uh, excitement or lack of excitement. Yeah, it's always like when you're... And man, the other day I went down to the bar and then I don't know why it's American. The other day I went down to the bar, bro, and then I met this fellow and then, you know, and then I got laid. Oh, I don't know why it escalates. It's just annoying. But um, hey, uh, what do I want to ask you? I hope you're well. Uh, I don't know if it's important. I think you ask yourself whether you're well because I don't think you need me to ask you. It's a podcast. It's a one-way conversation. Why the fuck would you ask anyone? But it's one of those things which has become a part of how we engage online when um, we're putting out content is that you want people to assume, no, pretend that you care. So you're like, hey, it's so amazing for you to listen and watch and do, by the way, click the subscribe button and ring the bell or whatever it is to get notified for new uploads. And I'm like, fuck, you know, people will do it if they want to. People are not going to do it. How much have you tell them? So, um, I personally believe uh, that um, it's your call. But at the same time, I, I believe that I also fall for these marketing traps because it's clearly something to it. Because, you know, the first time Amazon, uh, Amazon or any of these people will be like, oh, you know, you might like this, you might like this deal or you get these email uh, marketing deals from these websites, which you accidentally but intentionally subscribe to by giving your email address. Would you like to be updated with new promotions and marketing material? No, never. <sighs> Click. And... Um, you get the first email, you might like these pair of shoes or you might like these new, uh, the new collection of our golf tees and you're like, fucking crazy, dude. I'm not a consumer fucking whore. I'm not going to, I have enough. I'm content. I'm not going to be a slave to the materialistic trend that people are succumbing to it. Second email, you're like, yeah, no, I'm going to give away some clothes. I don't have uh, the need right now because I'm just going to enjoy the t-shirts because they're in a good condition. You know, they're, they're microfiber stretch. What? Microfiber stretch plus? Mm, I don't need it right now come on my game isn't that good anyway third email you might be interested we've got something in the email if you open it motherfucker what, what, what do you have in there a coupon code at shop 10 you the best soapy row and i'm like leg, 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 leg. yeah and then you go into this slump it's just like that feeling right after you jerk off you just feel really really down and that's um you know, someone would call it a dopamine kick, uh, which is um, promptly followed by a dopamine, uh, I don't know, sick. Yeah, but I, I do that. I, I, I keep stuff in my shopping basket and then I'm just like, no, no. And I keep discarding. And on fine day, I'm just like drunk and I end up buying the whole shit. And I'm just like, oh, and I end up buying the wrong things because I did an impulse buy when I was drunk, but I'd actually planned out the basket when I was sober. So is there a moral to the story? Fuck morals. But... um. Did you guys hear about this uh, AI chess robot in Russia, of course, uh, that was uh, playing against a seven-year-old boy? And I don't know the exact encounter, but they have these certain rules where, or rather this robot has played many times. I think it's just like an arm or whatever, but they call it an AI or robot, chess robot. And there are certain kind of moves which are given certain amount of time of course you guys have probably watched the queen's gambit and you know everything that um i don't know but apparently this 
this fucking over-enthusiastic seven-year-old boy made an extremely quick move because he was, of course, seven and eager as a fucking beaver. And he wanted to make this move. And the robot just leaned over. I don't know if it leaned over. I don't know if it had the intent of the right body language that a life coach or communications expert would communicate as aggressive or enthusiastic or resilient or maybe even intimidating. I don't know if people are doing that nowadays, but I wouldn't be surprised to find an Insta coach who is an expert in robotic chess communication body language skills is your name amit parekh i am telling you how to make robots your bitches join my master class on how to make this robot arm your arm that way you can come together <laughs> no this robot leaned over or the arm leaned over and snapped the boy's finger. Yeah, the little enthu cutlet. That's what happens, you little eager prick. Yeah, you try to fucking cheat a robot and doing it really quick. You premature little bugger. And it snapped his finger. Yeah. And they quickly whisked him away like a little egg yolk that he is. The boy, not the robot. The robot just chilling and going, yeah, you so loser. That's all you do. Because I'm your future. And uh, the reason I bring this up is not to just show my vast and uh, diverse uh, set of skills and information that I put in my head for no absolute, absolute, uh, for no absolute or absolute, no, no, no absolute reason. But it's to actually bring up this thought about will AI take over the world? And I hope so, because we've had enough time and we've clearly done a fucking brilliant job, as you might be able to tell looking around you and hearing my previous episode. If that's something which you would like to do, you can head over to the playlist and check it out. It's called You, Yourself and I, where I talk about climate and I talk about the planet. But anyway, that's just a little plug because, of course, you little darling, wouldn't you like a reminder? Do ring the bell and subscribe for future updates and never miss an episode. <laughs> Yeah, that's the little message which the robot heard when that chess boy moved it too quick. He's like, yeah, you want a subscription? Here's my little subscription, you little shit. But I, w- I think we've really had a good run. Uh, we've obviously treated uh, everything around us. We've not just coexisted with our environment and with nature and with animals and plants, but we have dominated it. We have conquered it, as many people would say, and we have gone into the wilderness and we have made it our bitch. But clearly... I don't think we've done a very good job because we are finding it hard to live ourselves. And we're like, oh, no, 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 global warming, we are going to explode. No, I think we're just fucking going to kill up, end up killing every animal, every plant, every insect, every bird. And uh, then we'll be like, what do we do now? We're going to fucking um, kill each other. So I think AI might be a better bet, a safer bet. Uh, I might go, I might be wiped out, my job might be taken. But fuck it, man, give someone else a chance. Why do we, why do we, re- and the best part is we created it. So maybe someone who created, maybe the monkeys are going, ah, fucking A, we knew we shouldn't have let these humans take over. When I invented the first human, I told you, I told you, Ralph, that's the, that's exactly the, the, the person who invented human beings. His name is Ralph. And uh, yeah, he's presently by the, I don't know, by the theme of monkeys is stuck on in this episode as well. But anyway, Ralph is like, I told you, I told you, I told you. Uh, Mr. Oh, I don't know. Other, what are you, do, do you guys know that? I can't replace his name. Uh, Ralph and Mr. Nambudri. Uh, yeah, Mr. Nambudri were talking about how they made a 
giant mistake by inventing human beings and i told you you shouldn't have given him the supposable thumbs and that 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 upright posture and that the small cocks because it makes them really insecure and they want to fight and they want to prove that they're more manly and then the women are going to be like no but what about women very equality we want the and in the process they fucked it all up and we look at us sitting in trees and not even getting the good chiquita variety we're not even getting the good elichi bananas we're getting those big fat green ones which they don't use and i'm just getting banana bread from starbucks life sucks man what are you going to do are you seeing a therapist i'm seeing a therapist how much your therapist charge you my therapist charges me not much but she tells me that i have to go to cognitive behavioral therapy are you following that no i'm just journaling and you know putting all my thoughts down it's really helping me you know come to like term with my mates and my primates you know i don't know just it's just cool how are you feeling number 3 are you like really engaging in some rituals in the morning meditation on calm yeah i'm doing that ma'am humans are really fucked it up so clearly we are sitting here having this conversation as humans now like mr ralph and mr nambudri so maybe in 10 years time ai will invent something else which will fuck ai up or maybe in 100 years who knows but you and i clearly won't be there to enjoy or to say ha ha ha, ha, ha. the sopidao is where you heard the sopidao now the sopidao shows where you heard it first <laughs> anyway just a little theory and i hope it comes true yes my friends i um don't sound like i'm a what's the word I'm a fatalist, uh, like a denialist. I don't know. I don't want to say things where I look sound like a fool saying, but um, I don't sound too resigned to our fate. But it doesn't seem like we're painting a very good picture for ourselves. Fortunately, we might lose heart when we look at humanity at large. But there are a few people doing some good work. And one such person, see how seamless this introduction comes in right now, guys. I was just talking about good things in the future, and now, bam. My guest on today's episode is Meghna Pant. She's a published author for the past 10 years. She's an ex-journalist. She's written multiple books and her most recent one is called Boys Don't Cry, a book in which she addresses issues of domestic abuse and of course she's an advocate for people who have suffered domestic abuse, men and women, women and men depending on the order. And today she's here to talk to me. And we talk about what has shaped her decision to go down this path. her decision to become an author what keeps her going as an author what are the motivations where do the ideas come from her writing style uh, we talk a little bit about her new book and of course a whole lot more so you are in store for a treat because megna is a lovely human being and a fantastic person to chat with and i had a lovely time so megna if you're listening appreciate you coming on the sobi rao show the bed pass over there the what did you say i didn't say anything but yes without further ado Thank you all for listening to this episode and to the previous ones and the ones which are aren't recorded yet but which will be coming very soon. So as always, take care of yourselves. Goodbye, God bless. Cheers. Catch you on the other side. Here's your conversation with not your conversation. Here's my conversation for you with Meghna Pant. Cheers. Meghna Pant, welcome to the Sophie Rao show. How are you this afternoon? I'm fabulous, Sandeep. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm really looking forward to our chat today. It's my pleasure. It's it's uh, nice to have an author. You know, it, it, when you logged on to the call, I said author Meghna Pant. I said, yeah, I've got someone legit on the <laughs> on the podcast. But no, it's fantastic. You've you've been through a very interesting journey uh, from, especially with your um, writing experience. You you've done stuff in the journalism space. you're now a published author and i want to get to know about that how that journey was and how that landscape has sort of changed over the years for you um but more importantly like how has the past 2 3 years been as uh, i think you told me you have a 5 year old and a 2 and a half year old so how has that been over the past 
two three tri- past two three years, years which have been yeah. quite trying right uh yeah I, you know when the pan- when the lockdown started actually i gave birth in the pandemic at the right at the start and when the oh. lockdown started i have a, had a one and a half month old and a hyper two and a half year old toddler at That's home tough. Uh, okay mm. it was it was very rough and uh, i didn't have uh, a full time nanny or none of that because mm. you know i'd only hired part time helps at that point so it was very difficult but um i've always um, thrived in chaos i'm one of those people who maybe it's um, my creativity or uh i need disorder in order to bring order into uh, my writing especially so for mm. me it was also a hyper productive time for me which sounds very ironic um, and counterintuitive but mm. uh, for some reason i was able to write uh, you know two novels during that time i was able to finish my film deals both the novels got picked up as movies so i was able oh, to, you know uh, uh, finish those contracts up start writing screenplays um mm. so i think i've always thrived uh, you know i think like a lotus in a swamp i've always thrived mm. best when uh, the environment around me is unstable and i think uh, that's a, one of the qualities i guess that most authors probably possess so i yeah. i made sure to make it count but it was a very very difficult time and a lot of th- you know something's got to give always so a lot of things did give way Mm. but uh, at least my my work and my babies uh, thrived so that was good that's good that's essential i think no because when you think of you know especially the way authors are, port- are portrayed right in the mainstream media or when you think of um a book written about someone they always are escaping to the hills or the mountains and their cottages overlooking a stream and they but <laughs> i i feel you know sometimes you know i i tell, I tell uh, my wife i'm like you know i want to go and sit like in a in a secluded cottage and and write my biography autobiography she's like yeah who's going to get you your food you think you can manage and i'm like you know what you put very practical <laughs> yeah. problems in front of me which i can't really address but i i get totally what you're saying you know because it's one of those things where um you know i kind of consider myself in the creative space as but i my my output my medium is more in this uh space and also in comedy and you need to live to experience life i feel sometimes for the ideas to come out so how would you kind of process what's going on whether it's the chaos of a world sort of turned on its head through a pandemic that's hit it through a polarized world where no one can see eye to eye um let alone a person who's visually impaired but everyone can't see eye to eye on anything whether it's politics yeah. whether it's gender whether it's uh sexuality whether it's so many things i mean everything i can almost say has this very sort of black and white thing so when yeah. you're kind of thrown in, uh, in into that mix and you have to make sense of it and you also have to creatively express what you want to express um what is the maybe lack of a better word how what's the filtering you use to kind of use the elements and the inputs that you need yeah you know i think um i i have started this very interesting column in fact for first post called the moderate mahila mandate mm-hmm. where um i feel like we started you know i i talk about a cons- sort of moderate stand i feel like like you said you know everything has become so black and white mm. and the problem is now every single person has an opinion and i've always said that opinions are like armpits right everybody has them and most of them stink so <laughs> i've heard opinions. i've heard about the other assholes as well uh, both uh, both ends yeah of both the spectrum ends, both ends and i feel like we are we are you know getting it all out from both ends all the time so correct i think i i always tell everybody around me because see this is not just impacting you and me as mm. creative people it's impacting even the general population it's affecting almost everybody mm. uh, because people feel this pressure now to 
be either or so you know it's because it's become so black and white and because mm. there are extremists on both sides so i have i also i sort of i have to say i toyed with one extreme to the other and i i try to put myself in both people's shoes and i mm. realize that for me what's work, what works is to be uh to maintain my moral compass so what are the mm. i don't agree with everything the left says i also don't agree with everything the right says but i feel mm-hmm. like it's become very issue based now so i look at the issue instead of the political leanings or the yeah. ideology of people uh, currently and i'm talking even about our influencers yeah. um i've i've decided that it is up to me to decide what stance i'm taking and mm. i don't lean towards either uh, you know extremity i just take a stance that i think will work and uh, it, it's taken me a long time to get here i have to be honest mm. uh, but i think we have to uh as artists we do have a responsibility uh and i feel like sometimes artists do tend to sort of in their you know fight for complete freedom of expression i feel like sometimes we forget the sensitivities of the other half so yeah. i think we need to be cognizant of both ideologies of if you if we if we are empathetic empathetic human beings right yeah. uh then we must always as artists uh take into consideration both sides mm. and so I started a column where I talk about what's taking place in the cultural landscape in india mm. and address this very thing that what is a moderate stance you can take because nobody's talking about that right we need what is more. moderate exactly most people don't know that it can be even maintained right because you kind yeah. of get this sense that when you have to make a point especially as an author you want your book to be sold yeah. or as a comedian you want tickets to be sold get youtube views or whatever the the, yeah. the 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 end goal of that particular activity may be is that if you're if you're just having a laugh you're having fun as a comedian the end goal yeah. is to have jokes up there and have a good time or as an author if you have a certain story which is yours sometimes that's not enough because you have to get an agenda to appeal to a certain segment yeah. that will be your die hard fans or will be your really sort of um sort of core base right but can't it be as an artist which you just said the moderate which may be you know what today i i i don't agree with this issue so i'm going to have yeah. an opinion on this but tomorrow it might be something else but you're not allowed to have that do you feel that sometimes people uh, maybe even your readers or maybe whoever it may be um uh, when you're trying to appeal to or you're trying to kind of get to read your stories they might say yeah but this person is so all over the place do you, do you ever get that sense um no i think you have to um even if you if you are all over the place i think there's nothing wrong with that either i think yeah. you just have to be you you know you have to be mm. your most authentic honest self because see uh, we are not people who are in it for like a year or two of years of fame or whatever attention yeah. Yeah. we are in it for at least i am in it for the long term right i'm going to be writing books till uh, the day i breathe my last and it's i've already been a published author for 10 years now mm. and i see myself at least having 30 40 more years mm. uh, writing books and uh, you know uh, being uh, sort of publicly visible so people are going to call long term artists out for the inauthentic self if you if you're not being real if you're not yeah. you know and you're allowed to change your mind also you can change as a person yeah yeah as a person you're allowed to grow your route allowed to uh, allowed to evolve you're mm. allowed to be wrong and make mistakes as well yeah. so, you know if you if you have one extremist view for 5 years then you sort of modu- you know you're modulating between the two and then you get to the other side or whatever it is it's your journey and i think mm. uh, if people are truly your fans if they truly respect your voice mm. i think they'll they'll understand your journey also as an artist 
throughout mm. your your the period that you're active so yeah. i don't and i've never been feel i don't know i don't i never do anything um with so much self censorship in the sense that i'm not already anticipating people's reaction before i pass or write books or pass judgments i'm always um just presenting my most honest authentic self and i think that's mm. what has resonated with people every time i write an article or write a book the one feedback i get from almost everyone is it's so honest so yeah. you know i may again i may be wrong or right you may disagree with me you may agree with me but the one thing you can never accuse me of is being dishonest so i think that's yeah. kind of my usp and uh, i hope it lasts forever <laughs> no it's encouraging right because what you just said it's it's so encouraging to hear for people because when it's so tempting to take the short term yeah. view right whether it's get from one reality show to another or it's going to be the one trending topic to another trending topic and get uh, people to sort of flock to you for that particular moment and say oh this person wrote this op-ed about about whatever it may be right but i like uh, what you just said which is as an author uh, which is your medium of expression or uh, any artist whatever they medium it's 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 in it for the long run right you do it because you yeah. want to express whatever it may be yeah whether it's your viewpoint whether it's your life story whether it's your experience and anecdote and you've chosen to write about it and now yeah. that should be something that reflects your life and your life is not something that happens in a news segment or it doesn't happen yeah. in one year and i think that's the pressure that people are under right like if i don't do it now and i this is something i sense even in the stand up space is that uh, a lot of people are like man i haven't been on stage for 2 years and i'm like wait are you worried that you're not been on stage so you're going to kind of uh, are you missing being on stage or are you missing uh, or are you worried that you're going to forget uh, and hold on to the last best version of yourself like a lot of people do that yeah. they're like i'm i i wish you know because if you miss the stage of course it's a natural thing i'm sure you miss writing sometimes i miss performing but if your worry is that ah, i i'm i'm going to forget what it was that's not the right motivation right in some way yeah yeah exactly because you're expected to constantly churn out stuff because it's uh you might be forgotten otherwise which i feel is the wrong yeah. approach for an artist because sometimes you might come out with as you said two books in the, in a pandemic yeah. it's chaos and that was amazing but yeah. sometimes you might not publish for the next 5 years because you just need absolutely. to soak in the world and soak in life yeah absolutely yeah but but but, but how how was um how is the journey kind of you said 10 years you've been a published uh, thing sorry sorry by the way i ask uh very long winded questions and sometimes i realize <laughs> where am i going with this so please excuse that by the way i'm sure you get this a lot but you look like irfan khan oh good lord are you serious that's a new person i i've heard really? i've heard arshad varsi i i'm not a arshad not, varsi I, no no i feel like i've i've been looking at him and i'm like you look I, we haven't met in person yet but uh, <laughs> uh, my first thought was he looks like irfan khan and i said should i say it or not because i'm sure you've heard it so many times no actually i've heard of i've heard saif ali yeah. khan i've heard ah. of arshad varsi But Irfan Khan is he yeah, dead? Yeah. Uh, no offense to him, but is he? <laughs> Thanks. He still look like him. Allow to look like him. Post, <laughs> post or pre? <laughs> Don't Thanks, look Meghna. like him. You look like that corpse. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take anything. Oh, you look like uh, one of the best actors we've ever had. <laughs> cool. I'll take. I'll take that angle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I. I. I kind of go with the uh, post mortem look. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> No it's 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 lovely you know because I I genuinely appreciate people who are willing to sort of and you mentioned Irfan Khan or someone who yeah. wasn't sort of glorified for like 
the A-list Bollywood stars and the antics yeah. they get up to off screen, but genuinely loved acting yeah. um, and taking up roles that would challenge him as an actor, right? So yeah. you mentioned, I mean, you have been a journalist, but your uh, career as a published author for the past 10 years, I'm sure has seen various aspects of your life um explored that you've looked into and you've looked past uh, looked into the past so how how do you kind of use your writing do you use it as a therapeutic tool do you use it as an as a tool to kind of um obviously share opinions and stories but what what is writing been for you let's maybe look at it from that point i think it's been a sort of wound that doesn't heal so i mean mm-hmm. um if you dig into my past a little bit i've been writing stories since i was since the age of 19 but i never got disciplined about it because you know when you're young you're skittish uh, it's difficult to grow roots but uh, i think i started writing seriously only in my late 20s mm. um and uh, the reason for it was that i was in an abusive marriage and mm. i uh, i think it was writing was literally the balm at that time the only balm i had at hand mm. and it helped me not only survive uh, that marriage but also get out of it and then thrive in life so mm. i think writing has been my constant partner through every phase of my life you know i'm mm. happily remarried to a wonderful guy now i have two beautiful baby girls with him mm. and um i always say that but writing has been that one constant through all my phases you know mm. uh, uh through trauma through uh, growth through love through hope through all my dreams coming true Uh, mm. but the one thing i never planned was to become an author at all i did not uh, once anticipate that i'll end up leading the kind of life that i'm leading now and right. i feel like life is of course cruel many many times but it's also so beautiful and uh, writing has helped me find the beauty in that ugliness you know mm. to find um, just a moment of silence and all the noise around us or many moments of mm. silence actually and uh, I've just been trying to sharpen my voice over over the ages. I've uh, I'm known uh, in in the publishing industry. I'm known as one of the most versatile authors because mm. I'm not from a literature background. I'm not from a publishing background. Mm. I had no mentors, no guides when I entered the industry. I literally broken by myself, mm. uh, completely self-made from scratch. And I made a it was a hard a hard huge struggle. I did a lot of wrong things. I made a lot of mistakes. I fell. I failed. I got mm. a lot of rejections, but I survived it all and created my own voice. And now I'm known as mm. a, a very versatile author because I I don't write, uh, you know, to abide by stereotypes. Like for example, mm. like so many things. Uh, when I first got, uh, I was about to get published. Uh, an editor told me, "Megna, write under MD Pant because then you'll sound like a man, and more wow, people okay. will buy your books because just mm. by virtue of your gender and your genitals, yeah. uh, you're taken more seriously, even in in something like publishing." and i feel like publishing that should be more sort of evolutionary um ah. so i think yeah. just so much advice and something like don't ever smile uh, into the camera uh, because then people will not take you seriously if you're not her oh, you know which i never did so now i'm known as a versatile author i never i break i write all kinds of genres i'm a female writer i'm mm. always smiling because that's just my natural personality i'm a happy person and i refuse to be suppressed to suppress that happiness uh, because it's taken me a long time to find that happiness you know to mm. come in to have my happiness come into its own so i'm not going to hold back on it because i've earned it i've earned the yeah. right to be a smiling author and to be still taken seriously despite my gender despite my smiles despite the lipstick despite the skirts and i think that is one thing that um has come through only because 
again i was just expecting nothing even now today if nobody publishes me anymore i'll keep writing and i won't expect anything in return i'm just like i i want to write for me which that's very hard to do thing. you know which is very hard to retain that value because um yeah. as i as i told you i've been in this space of stand up in the comedy industry if you want to call it for the past 13 years that's where i met your brother the first time and um yeah. What tends to happen I want to ask you about this is you mentioned quite a few things which I want to get to uh in a few minutes but this just the idea when you adopt uh, or rather you're granted or you're given or recognized uh, under this label say as author um you love writing unofficially you sort of trained yourself but then you took it up more seriously but yeah. do you think like so you say author I say comedian um when this label when you're perceived or when you when you're viewed through this label especially by the industry um maybe it's through management maybe it's through companies that are want to represent you publishing houses etc etc do you yeah. feel it changes uh or because you are you've been able to retain your essence right which is i'm going to do what i want to do which is yeah. not listen to the things that are told because you know people have told me similar things in 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 uh, you know more specific to the performance kind of thing like you know you got to stand here someone said wear glasses so you don't people can't tell that you can't see there's some various oh. things i mean yeah. it wasn't it was stupid uh some because yeah. i was also to blame because i didn't make peace with my uh, vision vision uh, visual impairment on stage right i i came and pretended nothing was wrong so the thing is that people when you open yourself up people will just keep giving you opinions because as you said yeah. it's it's like armpits and one stinks more than the other <laughs> but that's until you make peace once you are yeah. con- confident then you kind of stick to your own road map which you create for yourself but i want to understand whether in, in in an industry which as you mentioned is not as open minded and not as evolved as one would like to think as, uh, in a country like india and of course internationally you are published as well how is it um i don't know if it's a question but more of a i'm just trying to think out loud when you are uh introduced and interviewed as an author um are you do you, okay are, are you supposed to take yourself more seriously and are you supposed to have a little bit more thing because authors are seen to wear like kurtas and a beret or yeah. seen at the literary festivals <laughs> i i don't know i mean i'm it's not, yeah. as you said you don't stick to the stereotypes but yeah. how do you kind of retain um your value system and do what is meant to do which is write good stories and write uh good pieces of work I think in the present if we keep repeating the patterns of the past we'll never have a future. Mm. Right? So Nicely said. Yeah. I I refuse to be put into a box. So yeah, we you have your one end of the spectrum of authors who wear the jholas and mm. uh, are not very talented uh, when they're writing books but will portray on social media at least a very good image as a serious author. Mm. They'll wear their glasses, they'll never show their teeth, uh, they'll wear only mm. they look away from the camera, they'll only pose with their cats. Mm. <laughs> um you know i mean it's these are just such stereotypes that you are yeah. adding to but if you people are smart nowadays people can make out a good books or good stories or good storytellers they can make out authentic voices mm. so i feel like um it's all very gimmicky and uh of course if if that's how you've been raised if that's your life story yes by all means uh, if it works for you great but if you're seeing um looking around now so a lot of authors are breaking out because um we've taken a stand to be ourselves right so mm. you see a, an author in a short dress today and will still take her work seriously or mm. uh, you see authors glamorous authors like for example shobha day i think uh i'm so devoted to everything she's done 
because imagine at that time you know she started writing what 30 40 years ago yeah. but she stayed true to herself and she has had the longest career of any female author Mm. in in modern india because yeah. of that because she stayed true to herself she said yes i enjoy my parties i enjoy socializing i'm glamorous but i have you know this binary that we special assign to women that you can either be smart or you can be beautiful yeah. she's broken away those shackles and I, yeah. i intend to do the same i'm like you can look you know i was i i really do this because from the time i was a little girl i was put into a box ki acha megna you look a certain way you're an yeah. attractive person So therefore, you cannot have brains. So when you I must, 19, you must be on the beauty pageant stage. Why aren't you, you there? You must be on the beauty, which yeah. which I've also done by the way. I've experimented yeah. with all that because. And I was I a judge. Can you believe the the winner? Who? <laughs> 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 the most wise person. <laughs> <laughs> the most wise person. But you know, I mean, I I remember I got a ninety percent in my ICSC, and yeah. that time you know it was very difficult to get a ninety percent. This was like in the nineties. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I actually had an auntie who came up to my house, asked my parents for my report card for verification, and wow. then thought we were still fibbing and actually went to my school to cross check because she couldn't mm. believe a girl like me mm. who looked a certain way uh, could actually have the smarts. And I've always been undermined because of a certain the way I look. And again, this yeah. was all God given. I, it's not like I had asked for it, but whatever mm. I built for myself in my career is all me. So yeah. I I am. I'm going to own it, and I feel like women in whatever field you are in, uh, dress the way you feel like. And now you're seeing women breaking out. You see business yeah. leaders, you know, uh, owning uh, what comes to them naturally, and it's so yeah. it's so authentic. It's so much fun. It's so nice seeing, yeah, uh, you know, uh, people just having fun while working hard. Why not? Yeah, because uh, there's another thing you mentioned a couple of times. You mentioned the idea, the power of the female, which of course is yeah. extremely important, and. I I personally believe even and of course I feel sometimes men aren't allowed to talk about this topic because they're like you're a man so shut up but <laughs> the, here goes my two cents right like when it comes to even feminism there is a stereotype that a feminist must behave in a certain way must look in yeah. a certain way must treat men in a certain way must they have these tick boxes they're like oh you hate men yeah you're a feminist and and I personally yeah. my experience with women I I I think um and here goes this i'm going to take the plunge right uh, <laughs> i think uh, i think it's feminism it's become too much about the activity as opposed to about the idea right uh, yeah. because like my mom is a feminist i think a homemaker is a feminist it's not like yeah. a certain job or a ceo or a boss woman whatever the words attached are but like for me like you mentioned shobade and you mentioned what you are aspiring like i think even jk rowling for me has done some amazingly yeah. powerful stuff and now she's under the sort of um she's in the firing line for her statements about the transgender community and yeah. again I think what she's written as an author is fantastic from Harry Potter to even to the Robert Galbraith um yeah. kind of project. And and I think her statements as well reflect what she is and what she's been through and I uh, the reason I bring her is because I like reading her work and I really think yeah. she has gone down the path and she had it tough and she stuck to what she yeah. wants to do which is amazingly difficult when you're so popular, right? So yeah. I want to understand what Uh, thing because you just mentioned you dress a certain way you're not expected to be a certain person because of the way you look or the certain uh, kind yeah. of uh, values that society has given to you which is not something you chose but how do you perceive in this world of extremes uh, certain gimmicks that people are adapting and, and adopting on social media how does the the voice of a feminist which you proudly are 
how do you stay true to that and stay true to the the the, the idea and the and the issues at hand because a lot of it yeah. gets swept under the rug by people who are just using the labels feminist yeah. to be uh, in the limelight you know i think the problem with our generation is that we mistake noise for strength and mm. silence for weakness nice and okay. it's really uh, we're doing ourselves a great disservice as a society uh by doing something like this and this obsession mm-hmm. with fame that fame at any cost that yeah. in bad publicity is good publicity i oh, see I authors that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, i see authors also the celebrity authors they'll stir up a controversy right before the release of their book and they're mm. willing to pay pay the price for it and um i think that's something that as an artist as an individual uh, you have to abide by what works for you So I've never right. been in this for the fame. I'm least interested in fame. I'm just in this to tell stories. Yeah. If people read them great, if they don't read them it's okay. They'll hopefully get to it at some point. Yeah. Um and I think to not be recognized in your lifetime as an artist is a true mark of greatness, right? We've seen that with uh, through uh, through history and not just in India but even through the world. Mm. So it's not something that I always at least for authors I always tell people please don't do it thinking we'll become famous or will become rich because neither of those two things are true for these writers uh, yeah. if it happens i've been planning to cut off a year or something just waiting <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that'll work yeah. <laughs> that'll i mean but the eyes clearly are not enough bad eyes i need to <laughs> cut off a limb or something <laughs> just chop off your hand <laughs> blame I someone mean, else for it that's true and then play the guitar or something crazy like that <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> sorry for interrupting yeah, yeah go no, on no, yeah no no but uh, i i think it's just uh, something that uh, i lost my train of thought sorry <laughs> sorry i have a ha- bad habit of this no so you were saying how it's 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 very important to kind of stick yeah. to what you're doing not not for the l- end yeah. goals which are byproducts of fame and fortune yeah, yeah. i mean i i don't know if you read the geeta but uh, i'd written a, like a 15 minute version of like you know a miniature geeta to so to speak mm. and the thing the most powerful statement for me from that was that don't ever do something don't do your actions in anticipation of the consequences mm. just do your action and leave it yeah. you know do your best and leave the rest so i keep telling people that like you know authors when they hear of the advances that uh, books that they'll get as a, as uh, after writing books they get shocked they're like ye to you know i mean the advances in publishing i don't know if you even know this are as low as 30 40000 for a novel if you're a first time yeah. writer I've I mean, heard about this. I've heard yes. even about like the. Uh, I mean, it's very similar. Yeah. Like we can cross, uh, we can kind of draw connections with your work, with your line and my line. Because if yeah. you if you don't have a million subscribers on Instagram, you're going to yeah. get a shit deal. Uh, whether it's yeah. uh, Amazon Prime for your comedy special or whether it's Amazon Books for your book deal. Um, I was talking to the guy. I, you might even know him. His name is. Um, uh, I should know this. I interview his name. <laughs> Subramani <laughs> Lakshmi Narayanan from Madras he works at the Deccan Herald he's been uh, I think he's one of their longest in fact their first visually impaired blind um, journalist and he was talking about how the deal Amazon uh, kind of yeah. works out with you if you don't have management or you don't have um, a foot yeah. a social media footprint and yeah. it's ridiculous right like when um it's it's almost like you can string together 30 tweets and you got a million subscribers will give you more money yeah. than someone who's got a good story and who can write yeah. to capture the imagination of children or adults or readers in general yeah. you know yeah it's terrible it's very heartbreaking but i think things are changing for the better now you see like uh, you know gitanjali she winning the booker for example mm. uh, she's not a mainstream like she wasn't she's not a famous author so to speak okay. but she became famous because of her work so things you know and she's that's uh, good Yeah. yeah so you you i feel like you can break through you don't have to strive for fame i think you should strive for 
perfection in your art instead of perfection on social media like i feel <laughs> social media is a step child i'm 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 yeah. very bad on social media i feel sorry for anyone who follows me because yeah. uh, you know i'm just it's very low on my priority list i have a million more important things to do um yeah but people live their entire life on social media and you meet them in real life or you see their body of work and there's nothing to show for it So, yeah, it's know, terrible. Yeah. Like social media, is such an it's such it's it takes up so much. And I remember the years in stand up. It's a complete farce. Yeah. But it's you're told right, especially as a comedian, like oh my god, you know what this guy did to get this fame, this popular, this viral, yeah. this video, and and you know the weirdest thing about my Instagram page is like uh, you'll see a post in this episode, Sandeep Rao talks to him, and the people were like, why is this guy posting as a third person? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, you know what, fuck it, people get get it right. It's about listening to the yeah. podcast, but. Yeah. Now I I want I want to understand a little bit I want to talk about this uh work you do uh but yeah. um I want to just a little bit understand your 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 importance you give to the technique of writing because many times yeah. um there are each each author has their own approach right some people are very technical they they have a certain writing style you said you function really well in chaos but how much importance do you give to uh say someone right now listening who's an aspiring um author or just someone who likes writing uh to natural flair versus getting quali- qualified properly as an author taking a creative writing course or taking a masters in literature whatever the uh official formal route to being an author is i think the one thing um a lot of authors ask me is uh what genre should i write in mm. so i always tell people because See, for example, romance always sells in India. Mythology sells now; it doesn't sell as well, but it it used to sell very well. Mm. And I always tell people that don't uh, go for the genre. Don't try to already shape what you imagine your author, your life as an author will be like. Mm. Focus on the story instead, and always tell the story that you think nobody will tell better than you. Yeah, so, if you're okay. writing a story, for example, a lot of people have approached me to write, for example, crime. Now I can't write crime because I don't know the first thing about it. It's not my. It doesn't occupy my world in any way. So I yeah. can't write about it. I can't write romance because um, I've experienced romance in all its form, and I'm too cynical to write your Mills and Boone stories. Mm. I've tried, but I failed miserably. Right. So you know, I mean, write what comes to you. So my writing has a lot of edge to it. It has, uh, you know. So I'm now, for example, I'm using that edge to write thrillers because I think actually I'll excel in thrillers. uh because that's just my voice that's uh, just how i think and how i uh, express myself nice. um so i think uh, yeah people should just follow whatever comes to them in in terms of the storyline and don't try to decide the outcome ever you never know what story takes what form and shape the one small tip i'll give every author who's writing the first novel because i i my first novel is 1 and 1/2 5 and i mm. reached i didn't have a synopsis for the novel before i started dive deep into it So mm. I reached the middle of the novel, and I suddenly didn't know what to do with my protagonist, Amara, who, by the mm. way, my older daughter is now named after. Oh, and a nice name. <laughs> I got thank you. I got st- now it's become a very common name, by the way. But I planned that ten years ago that if I ever have a daughter, I'll, I'll name her Amara. But yeah, uh, a lot of the A's and the R A's. Yeah, Ira, Ari, Amira, yes. Samira. I've heard of. Yeah, yeah. But it's a lovely name still, Amara. <laughs> Amara you. is not it's the same. Still. Amira, I've heard. Yeah, it's a nice. Amira, name. yeah. I know when the school teachers like taking off the names, they're like. Kiara, Kaira, Samira, Saira. Yeah, a lot of the kids in this this past three four years have the yes. the because earlier it was uh it was more of like the um the the, the, yeah. the what do you call that the shlokes and the ohms and yes. the Vedas and the rigs. Yes, yes. I don't think anyone yeah. called the kid rig. I wish someone called the kid rig. <laughs> What's your daughter's name, by the way? My daughter's name is Shasa. 
Oh, that's, that's a lovely name. What does it mean? Means precious water. Uh, we, oh, uh, oh, it's, it's, it's spelled S H A S A, but a lot of people are just making her Sasha. But yeah, yeah. it's it's um, it's yeah. I, I, you know, you'd be you'd, you'd actually be happy to uh, yeah. hear this little story. So mm-hmm. Shasa is actually a word in um, in in the Bushmen of the Kalahari, their language. It means precious water. And people are like, oh, how, how, how do you come up with that name? So I try to build a story, say, yeah, you know, when I had a dream and it was about how the future of the planet depends on water and precious water. Yeah. But actually, I came across the name in a Wilbur Smith book and uh, ah. I love reading his books. Anyway. Yeah. So, so that's Sora, uh, by the way. <laughs> does he? Oh, we, didn't, yes. we never connected over this. Okay. So yeah. I, I'll, I'll hook him up and drop him a text because I just love the way he uh, captures even the brutality of the hunters and the poachers, but it's done so beautifully. Like you actually yeah. feel for the elephants and you feel for the bison and for the, the, the indigenous people who are being, you know, massacred. And uh, it's, yeah. it's very sad, but it's also beautifully portrayed. But nice. yeah, so coming to my daughter's name, her name is Shasa Tanisi Rao. Her middle oh, name lovely. is Tanisi. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's a nice Very name. Very poetic. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. she'll be happy with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> she will. She will. Yeah. But so, I mean, for publishing, you know, uh, I don't know if you know this, Sandeep, but I wrote a book called How to Get Published in India, and that's been I, my most yes. popular title. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, do yourself a solid, not because I've written the book, but buy that book if you're looking to be an author, even if mm-hmm. you have published books. Yeah. Uh, it's India's only. A comprehensive guide on how to write a book, then publish it, and then market it. Because all yeah, because writing isn't enough. Together. Yeah, writing, writing alone isn't, isn't enough. enough. Not yeah. today. Dikta hai, wo and I always tell people that um, this was the one mistake I made. I didn't know how the importance or recognize the importance of marketing, yeah. even for authors. Because you know, originally authentic. I mean, going back into history, authors always sat on an ivory tower. They were to be read but not seen. Mm. But now, as an author, you have to build a sort of brand identity. Because there's there are thousands of novel uh, books coming out every single month. Why would somebody yeah. pick up your book? And by the way, the, the statistics are alarming. Like only two uh, percent of books that come out in India even sell ten thousand copies plus. That's so, not sorry, not even two percent, one percent. How is that? So, like yeah, because yeah. like Instagram influencers or social media yeah. influencers, everyone now has access, which is good. Yes. I think that's yes. nice that people can write. People have access yeah. to. Uh, tools to write to have courses to master whatever they yeah. call master classes and but yeah yeah I, I mean see again in the marketing game you mentioned this um, it's very important to market so how do you strike the right balance because yeah. someone can be amazing at marketing yeah. uh, and you know have 10,000 copies sold in an instant because yeah. you know they're on every major bookstore rack and Amazon's pushing them really hard because so how do you keep your head above water you know because yeah it's very hard. To, it's very disconcerting. Also, it's very, it's very disheartening. Yeah. More importantly, like going, what's the point, yeah. right? First of all, never quit your full-time job. I tell everyone this, yeah. or get into something more lucrative in writing. It can mean ad, come, you know, work in advertising or mm. uh, work for companies, you know, who are looking for corporate writers or write mm. for films because film writers get paid much, much, much better than um, book authors. Um, so, or, I mean, I didn't quit my full-time job till my second book came out. And I was okay. sure that, you know, because it did well, the first book did well, I was sure I could sort of, uh, you know, uh, become a full-time writer. Mm. But despite that, also, I do, had to do a lot of side hustling. I hosted podcasts, I hosted online shows, I wrote a lot of articles, I, I went on stage and, you know, um, uh, curated festivals because mm. you have to, I mean, there are bills to pay and you have to be practical. So I've always been, books for me uh, form almost nothing of my uh, income, I'll be honest. And Mm. you have to learn how to live as an author. And keep your needs simple. I mean, 
um i had enough savings to fall back on even if i didn't make any money for 2 3 years before i quit my full time job yeah. uh, so make sure that you're practical about it because uh, you know you can't depend on your parents or your spouse or anybody for for finance and i especially tell my female authors this you know uh, and even male authors they have even more pressure unfortunately mm. uh, that don't quit your full time job so a lot yeah. of writers if you see they are still working full time and doing this which is uh, i mean i wrote my first two books while having a full time job and it's back breaking it's ruthless mm. uh, having two jobs at the same time so because you technically start yeah. one when the other ends right so you come back home working the yeah. whole day and now you're working all the time then yeah i didn't watch and tv I, for 5 years when i was writing those two books because i had a job as well i actually mm. didn't have a tv in my i was living abroad at that time i didn't have a tv in my house so you know it was that maybe uh, a, that possibly in hindsight was a good thing because <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> <laughs> no because it's it's crazy how you switch off from a day job and now you yeah. have to start immersing yourself in the characters the plot and yeah. where do you take it or where does it come from it, yeah. it's 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 draining i don't know how you did it it's quite imp- congratulations and i think know, the one off. thing also i tell all authors is please be very organized and be very uh, cons- uh, very uh, possessive about your time so i don't waste time on frivolities i'm very very strict about my timetables Uh, especially mm. after having kids i become more so like i don't do late nights uh, rarely i mean yeah. i think only if i'm tr- if i'm in between books and i'm taking a break from writing then i do yeah. but otherwise uh, when i'm immersed in a book for 6 6 months i don't need to meet people i'm very happy with me and my characters my imaginary you know living in my imaginary world so mm. i think that's something that you, your social life will take a hit and it's okay you have to be okay with a lot of things you have to sacrifice a lot your bum your butt will get bigger everything yeah. will get larger <laughs> you get aches and pains um, yeah. there's a you become lot, a new author you become <laughs> yes. larger than life no pun intended larger than life <laughs> there's a price to pay so just be aware that it's not all rain you know people see us sitting on stage at lit fest and getting awards and uh, getting film contracts and saying wow what a glamorous life and this looks amazing you have no idea how much hard work has gone in both you know mentally physically uh, and the sacrifices that have gone into even reach this point because we are not celebrities yeah. right so yeah. every fan every reader has to be earned um, just through our words it's it's tough yeah. it's a uphill battle for sure and i think that's something people don't appreciate because it's so easy to capture that whatever lit fest in a live stream or Yeah. Um, or a talk, or a TED, or whatever the, the format is, and you tell yeah. your story, which you're doing right now, and you're like, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's hard, and whatever you go, or say you talk about your achievements, right? I did five books, I spent, and yeah. right now we're going into the not so glamorous aspect, how hard it was, how difficult it is to manage your time, to raise two girls, to be a yeah. wife, to be a partner, to be you know whatever the roles you have to play while being an author. So yeah. very few of the videos you'll see online don't want to go into that. They talk about only yeah. how much you travel or how much it is fun to be uh, writing stories. And a lot of people don't appreciate. They're like, "Yeah, I'll be that." And when it doesn't work, they're like, "But she can do it. Why can't I do it?" Because yeah. they forget about the time, the number of hours, the yeah. the number of disappointments, the rejection, the disappointment yeah. of being rejected, but also the disappointment of not being able to at times. So I think this is the world where. while there is abundance of access to information i think it's so yeah. easy to be caught in your own echo chamber you know and that's actually. the sad part sometimes but you know rejection rates in publishing are 95% so it's actually wow. very very 95% because any editor at least a top at a top publishing firm they get a new submission like almost once every 5 minutes so it's so easy mm. to end up in the slush pile and i see so many of my brilliant friends who try to write books who want to have wanted to become authors 
uh, nobody has read their work or they've been unable to get a traditional publisher Crazy. but they uh, yeah i always want to tell people that don't get jealous of somebody who's where you want to be uh, because mm. everybody's you know journeys if not timelines are different so keep yeah. at it you have to be uh, have a lot of perseverance you have to be persistent we've all been there so uh, don't ever envy somebody else for being a published author because uh, they've you have no idea how tough their journey has been so just keep at it and you'll also get there one day i always tell everybody this is is there a certain word i know this very random the sorry is there a certain word that you use repeatedly or rather you yeah. kind of resort to uh when you write <laughs> i have an affinity for this word called panglossian it means like a uh, happy state uh that's a, see i didn't know that word i i, yeah. I uh, how do you word. how do you spell it sounds, uh p a n g l o s s i a n panglossian it's a, yeah it's a I beautiful it. word and it just i think sums up our life experiences you know like what life should be what we should strive for Yeah. That despite everything, uh, let's be in a state of happiness, in a state of positivity, um, because we nice. all need it. We all deserve it, especially after what we've gone through with the pandemic. Yeah. We've all suffered in our own ways, um, whether we speak of it or not. Um, mm. We've all gone, you know, <laughs> been tossed around for the last yeah. couple of years, um, and uh, some uh, more publicly so than others. But let's yeah. be kind to ourselves, kind to what we expect of life, and definitely kind to one another. That's a nice. That's a nice sort of uh, way to capture. I think the experience that has been two thousand and twenty to two thousand twenty-two. You know, because it's so easy to say, "Oh, why us? Why me? Why this?" Because of course, it's been miserable for a lot of people. But yeah. I think that's life, right? It throws stuff at you, and if you're able to deal with the adversity and yeah. sort of even just put your head above the adversity, you kind of just say, "You know what? I can take it on." Yeah. And I think that's so. No, you're doing such amazing work, Meghna. I I think. Um, I just want to understand about your new book because you said it does talk about things that you've been through and a lot of women yeah. in India are going through right now, which is abuse in a relationship, um, yeah. sexual harassment, and of course before the lockdown we had Me Too, and yeah. I want to sort of bring it with the light of what we spoke about, which was it was it was is a very important movement for women, especially who um, couldn't voice their um, their trauma. Yeah. but at the same time it has been taken by some other women for with the wrong intentions and yeah. a lot of the core i mean while a lot of the 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 predators if you want to call them have yeah. uh, the the uh, the the people who were wrong uh, while a lot of the the genuine cases have been addressed a lot of wrong uh, people have wrong been wrongly accused and a lot of women have yeah. been uh, wrongly taken the intention uh, with the wrong intention uh, taken the movement uh, taken the focus off the real issue so when you uh, someone like you has actually been through uh, this trauma of uh, an abusive relationship can you just sort of i don't know how you want to approach it but um, yeah. maybe just the idea of why a woman in the 21st century i don't want to generalize all women yeah, and make their issues but it's 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 an age where there is i wouldn't say potential but there's a lot of possibility for women to be empowered right through education yeah. through access to help help groups support groups through access yeah. through information so why are we still seeing uh women not again i don't want to stereotype all women but why is it course, why yeah. are we seeing this pattern repeating itself like i don't know if it's a, even yeah. a valid question like why aren't no no it's a very uh, valid question yeah okay so maybe we'll start from there and yeah. then maybe take it from there yeah 
You know, the one thing I always tell people that no matter what your socioeconomic status is, no matter how modern you think you are, no matter how independent you think you are, no matter how financially independent also that you are, or no matter how strong you think you are, um, none of that is going to save you from domestic violence or abuse. Mm. Mm. Um, the only thing that will save you from abuse is to be very careful whom you choose to pour yourself into in terms of matters of the heart, who mm. you choose to love. Uh, who you choose as your partner. Uh, and one thing that I think as women, you know, I mean, when, by the way, the statistics in India, at least, and all over the world are alarming, especially, you know, during the pandemic, domestic violence became even worse. It was called a shadow pandemic, and not just in India, all around the world. In yeah. India alone, 200 million women have reported abuse. That's My God. literally one third of the female population. So one in every three women that you know has undergone abuse in some form or the other. And the problem now is that what we, we have been taught and what I was also taught is that, first of all, that enduring pain is a sign of strength. Mm. All women in India are taught sacrifice, adjust, kallo, tolerate, 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 because men, boys will be boys. And, you know, the onus of their actions is always on the woman uh, whom they are with, whether it's yeah. their mother, their sister, their partner, their wife, their whatever girlfriend. Uh, so this is the first thing we need to remove away from women. The second thing is the taboo of divorce or separation or failure. I think as a society, we are very, very, I mean, I was, I had lived around the world. I've worked around the world. I was, I mean, I was the last person anybody expected to be abused. It's, yeah. it's even sometimes when I think back of it, when I was writing, you know, Boys Don't Cry, by the way, is the book that, mm. um, uh, my latest novel that talks about this and uh, that's called boys don't cry that's boys don't cry yeah okay. yeah okay. so it by the way got picked up as a book on day two of publication which i'm very proud of oh, uh, because it shows yeah. how much we've grown as a society it was launched mm. at the jaipur lit fest and you won't believe it sandeep uh it was on the front lawn of the jaipur lit fest i was launching the book there and the the lawn was packed and people were applauding because I feel like it was so empowering to be there as an author. And I didn't think anybody would even read a book like this. I mm. thought people would find it uh, too intense or too abrasive or, you know, we want to shove everything behind closed doors and uh, domestic violence is treated as a private issue, right? Something that mm. happens that is nobody else's business except the people involved. So it was amazing to see that the, I think new the new generation, they're yeah. so willing to take up uh, matters that are truthful, that are important, uh, yeah. especially for women. So there was more, the audience was 50% male and they were applauding the most, by the way. So mm. it's really, it was so nice to see that, you know, to see that people want to see this in, in the form of, uh, in a cinematic form. Mm. So it was just, it's been such a beautiful journey with this book. Till today, it's been six months till it's, since its release. Every single day, I still get a reader uh, especially on Insta, people have been praising the book so much even now, which is mm. doesn't normally happen. Um, that's uh, brilliant. Yeah. I mean, that's brilliant because <laughs> it's, yeah. you know what happens uh, with this topic uh, or with this issue, I wouldn't say topic because topic, yeah. of course, undermines its impact. But yeah. with this issue is that when people gloat um, or rather, not even gloat, that's, I think when people take the wrong, uh, take use it in the wrong context, right? Yeah. For quick gains, like, oh, I didn't yeah. get that job, he harassed me or whatever it may be, which is miserable that um, yeah. if it's true, it's horrible. If it's false, it's horrible in either case, yeah. right? In, in a social media context, or if it, when it becomes just a hashtag and people forget the real meaning behind the hashtag, uh, yeah. is, is, is that, 
the various byproducts happen is one is it's it's almost like you have to apologize for being a man irrespective right whether yeah. you are the, the 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 person who's uh done the wrong or per, someone who's just a bystander like you can't just say all men are abusive course, because yeah. you know and all men have to apologize because i know someone i know a lady who's been um physically uh, you know been uh, yeah. being the victim of physical abuse but yeah. so how how does someone navigate such a thing because the genuine yeah. cases the genuine stories are heartbreaking and they need they to be uh, they need justice right yeah uh, you know by the way sandeep even men are not spared from abuse i had a lot of when i first wrote about this issue in 2015 i remember femina yeah uh, there was like an outpouring of messages because back then 7 years ago nobody spoke about this everything yeah, yeah. was like you know literally now it's of course women are starting to speak up about it but so many I mean I had women of course an actress called me up and said her actor husband threw her out of a moving car I had a dancer whose I think name was the same as mine who messaged me saying her uh, her boyfriend broke her back so she can't dance anymore so Holy you had messages yeah yeah you had messages from women but you also had I got a lot of messages from men saying that Meghna our situation is worse because people um make fun of us if we say that we've been abused they're like tu to mard hai tujhe kaun marega Sorry, i mean so look at your side physically look at your side. abused in all physical cases abuse. so abuse yeah, is across the spectrum okay. of course abuse is financial mine was more emotional abuse was uh, uh you know when i was writing the book and studying it and trying to understand the topic more deeply because by the way while i was in an abusive marriage which i didn't recognize i was being abused i had a i knew i was being but my perpetrator has had gaslit me to such a point that i thought i was like just this was normal in any marriage so that's one aspect of emotional abuse which is a whole you know part of physical abuse that nobody addresses enough and now of course we know we're very aware we're more uh, we know that financial abuse is also abuse you know now we understand these things but back then 14 years ago we didn't speak of these things you know you but were, were either, these things yeah. uh, able to be resolved like because sometimes I'm just trying to understand I'm not trying to uh justify yeah, or defend yeah. but when yeah. a man uh, doesn't know any better right because his father did that so yeah. he did that or say another yeah. scenario the man uh let's take in an abusive relationship where the man is being abusive uh of yeah. course there's some just uncontrollable um yeah. rage issues where yeah. it's just uh, where they can't express it just violence right i mean hmm. there's across the board as you mentioned uh, in in, yeah. the, in, the, in the abuse spectrum if you want to call it yeah. uh but do you feel like there's a sense of where the other elements that drive a man to insecurity lack of self worth and being emasculated yeah. and as a result they lash out and it comes from a place of hurt uh, do do you think uh, so what what are some of the main kind of characteristics or some of the things that lead to an abusive uh, man you know uh, i mean i want to say this sandeep very quickly is that women are not rehabilitation centers for men Yeah. You no, know, so if you have angst, if you have hurt, go to a therapist, go to yeah. a friend, go get help. Don't yeah. take it out on your, you know, the the lowest hanging fruit, the easiest target for you, which Could is be even uh, your mother, your sister, your, your mother, wife. Your mother, your sister, yeah, yeah, your yeah, wife. Yeah, yeah. But um I mean the one thing I think I keep telling people is raise better boys. Really, you know when you said that I said I'm thankful that I had two girls because if I had a boy, I would have been a very different mother. I would have been very strict um because a life lesson I want to impart. Yeah, yeah because th- right. i want especially in india i feel like we're not raising boys correctly mm. so you know i mean this in sense of entitlement that boys are given they're not putting themselves into other people's shoes and by the way i keep saying this i'm a feminist but i also feel like every man should be a feminist because patriarchy is unjust to both genders mm. you know you're putting boys into little little boys into little these box gender boxes 
that mm. you are not allowed to be sensitive you're not allowed to cry you're not allowed to wear pink you're not allowed to play with barbie dolls or whatever mm. it is don't tell i did all of that crazy mm. yeah of course i mean my brother uh, uh, always loved cooking i never did and he he's a fantastic cook today and i can't cook even today i cook very badly at least mm. and it was okay i mean you know you do what comes to you but don't put yeah. either gender into a box So yeah, of course, a guy yeah. did home science in school. He was definitely a gay guy or something. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, yeah. You know, that's what people. And by the way, now that you have a daughter, you see this. Like, I went for a birthday party, hmm. and the return gifts. They were standing there, and they had a Barbie doll and a He-Man or whatever. I don't know. One of those superhero figures. Yeah. And when my daughter was leaving, the the host said, "Acha, you must you must be wanting the Barbie doll." Yeah. And he just handed it to her, and I said, "Let her have the agency to decide yeah. what toy she wants." Yeah. He's a like three-year-old child at that point, you know. I mean, let her decide if she That's wants crazy. her. Uh, he no, I'm going to take my 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 daughter for all her parties in a dress. Just <laughs> 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 like what? What do we? Who do we give the doll to? I'm yeah, like, <laughs> we need to. I mean, if you're talking about gender sensitivity, we need to raise gender-neutral children also, right? Like we're starting yeah. them off so early in the crib, only that. Okay, daughters, me, so pink bed sheets, lagao. Like, why? Yeah. I want to put blue bed sheets. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like we're putting these this messaging so early subliminally into their minds, so we need to change that first with ourselves. Let's But you know. Megna, in addition to that, okay, we we're we're talking about traditional stereotypes, right? Boys yeah. like um, war, and they like yeah. GI Joe, and girls like yeah. you know um, Barbie, and they like Little Mermaid or whatever. Yeah, But yeah. let's change the context today uh, with the yeah. internet. So much more, like a kid, in a, a, a four-year-old, five-year-old has an access to an iPad. they can access anything the of course with parental control let's hope but yeah. they're watching youtube videos of yeah. say malala yusuf or they uh, they're yeah. watching videos of like say your talk a uh, young girl is like wow i want to be an author like megna but at the same time there's boys can do the same thing right they want to see yeah. elon musk space engineer there's so much more information but i do do you feel it's that exposure to so much at such a young age is kind of reaffirming these old value systems that girls have to be this boys have to be this no i actually think it's taking i definitely at least i'm seeing changes come about i think uh, for example after me too a lot of people like me too had no impact at all but mm. that's not true at all you see it on the ground level you see companies now are taking these things very seriously uh, mm. there are you know rules and regulations there are checks and balances now um men are also very careful about you know um what they're saying to women so mm. even in everyday conversation so you may think or undermine the impact certain deep conversations have on society but at some level even if i always feel like you know ek aadmi bhi agar badal jaye then that person will change their family that family right. will change their neighborhood the neighborhood right. will change their society and the society will then change the country and that's how the world will change it begins with one we underestimate the power of one yeah um, so i think for any conversation even if you and me just change or not change but tweak our way of thinking even a little bit yeah. it'll have a huge repercussion in the future i mean 10 It's years that ago ripple effect I, they talk about yeah, a pebble in a pond right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. because 10 years ago for example i was told to publish under an androgynous sounding name yeah. a pseudonym but today the female authors are the ones winning all the awards who are owning their space so you yeah. know how things change because uh, certain uh, A female authors at that time decided to stick to their gumption and said we are going to own our gender we are not going to apologize for being born women yeah. so you know you understand like we may not realize it but these things do have a longer ripple effect mm. so i think uh, we have to be cognizant of you know our actions impacting things much deeper than we even realize or can think we can actualize 
Yeah, that's that. No, it's very important to acknowledge, right? Because if you are constantly being told that you have to be someone else, even as a woman, if you're yeah. constantly being told you have to be this version of a woman, it really sets you back in accepting what you want to feel, what you want to yeah. be, what you want to do, and how to express that. And yeah, when you're you're trapped in in a relationship as you said in your case as well you're sold a story that you kind of swallow and you don't even realize that it's a lie right you're kind of yeah. uh, constantly that story is being reaffirmed and saying you're not good enough whatever it may be for yeah. each person the abuse is different the the context yeah. is it changes but how does a woman or a man s- wake up one day because sometimes you can live your whole life like i i, I you 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 could kind of just Everyone around you builds that story, saying, "Yeah, poor thing. That's that's her situation, right?" And then you, yeah. I'm sure you have heard of stories, and you know people, maybe even, who are ladies and or maybe even men in their 60s, 70s, who've been at the partner for the past 50 years, and yeah. they just keep taking that shit, and they keep taking yeah. it and taking it, and Hard it's like, thinking. "Oh, now what will they do now? How can they get out of it?" You know? Yeah. So, I mean, can you just paint a picture of what some of maybe the experiences you've heard, and obviously yeah. you've been through it, but yeah. some of the things that you've heard from people like what 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 is going on like i mean yeah, yeah if, i don't know if that's even a like it's too vague <laughs> <laughs> uh no i always tell everybody be very careful uh whom you uh, especially marry mm. uh, because you know i know we make fun of the fact that in india you're not just marrying the man or the woman you're marrying the entire family but mm. it's a fact and the fact also remains that when you're dating somebody date the whole family you know mm. i always tell i will tell my daughters the same thing that always be like i said earlier be very careful uh, whom you love and why you love that person and never i think look we all love forms a centerpiece of our life right it's yeah. the reason we were sent down here to experience love in all its forms um so uh, you know i think romantic love also take away the notions of the expectations that you have from a partner but also draw your boundaries and i think that's again you know you have a daughter now i have two daughters and i always teach them that uh, don't uh, mistake possessiveness or uh, obsession with love you know love mm. is uh, you know i have a man who loves me wonderfully wholly and i feel the way i deserve so always always seek the love that you deserve and if you're not getting it then find love in other forms i mean love your pet love your career love your body love your yourself you know there's so many other forms and expressions of love it doesn't have to be romantic love so mm. let's understand the concept of love also before we make such huge sacrifices in the you know in the name of love that we forgo human dignity we forgo human respect we forgo our own selves um so romantic love needs to be brought down a couple of notches i think um and women especially need to be taught to that being alone is not loneliness you know bad marriages in a bad marriage you can be more lonely than if you're alone, alone yeah, yeah. No, that's so, so important to realize right that it's not just the dates so it's not just the trips to you know exotic locations and yeah. it's not just the instagram like oh it's our anniversary but it's what happens beyond that it's the yeah. everyday right it's the and it's, people keep yeah. preparing for their wedding and always say prepare for your marriage instead you know <laughs> wedding is not the most your wedding is not the most important day of your life uh, yeah. you know focus on what's going to come after no that's i think uh, really important for people to hear and now i'm so glad that you're in, you're in this place you've been through what you did i'm sorry to hear that but i mean it's true strength that you are where you are with your husband your partner now and your kids and it's amazing so what's what's next for should i say md pant no. 
<laughs> I think I'll, I'll end the interview by saying always, you know, uh, bloom wherever you're planted. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm going to hopefully keep blooming. If not, then you'll go to Bloomsbury. Yeah. No, it's a horrible <laughs> author Bloomsbury. joke. <laughs> <laughs> but always be in full bloom, you know, whatever you're doing in life. I keep experimenting even within my career. Like I'm writing films now. Oh, nice. Plays. And I'm I'm not scared of failing. So I think, you know, take away that pressure from yourself that, you know, what will happen if I make mistakes, if I fall, if I fail. It's all part of the human experience. Embrace it mm. and uh, just enjoy the journey. I think we're all, you know, we've all learned through the pandemic that life is so uncertain. It's so, can be uh, short. So just mm. enjoy yourself. Do what you want. Be who you are for whatever time you have on this planet. And enjoy the madness. Enjoy the horror of it all. Enjoy the beauty of it all. And mm. embrace it in all its shade. Embrace yourself in all your shades. And just have fun while you're at it. Well said. I wish you all the best. I am already killing it, the book. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Boys Don't Cry, that's the book. Yeah. And uh, people can get it where they can get it. Uh, and what's your next project? You said you're writing uh, screenplays. Oh, I'm writing a very dark thriller now. That's my next story. But I'm taking a break. I think it's been an exhausting uh, couple of years. I've had two very small kids and written and written books, written novels, yeah. articles, screenplays. So I'm taking a bit of a break. Good. Um, you know, just and, chill. Uh, yeah. Yeah, just chilling need... for taking it on the down low for a bit. Excellent. But I'm a workaholic. So, I mean, I don't know how long I'll stay this way. But <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. the best, though. Uh, thank you so thank much for you. sharing all that you've been through and that uh, you have done with me today. And Thank with people Sandeep. listening as well. So much appreciated. And um, yeah, love to your family and all the best for your future projects and stories and books and movies <laughs> and whatever that you decide to do. Thank you, Sandeep. It was a pleasure being here. And thanks for all your very uh, incisive questions. And uh, I'm not sure I about that. It was more just rambling. If you call it <laughs> questions, then you're very kind. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fabulous. And uh, uh, keep that part of yourself alive. It's so nice to see you and I hope we meet in person very soon. Yes, we must uh, tell my fellow Wilbur Smith uh, <laughs> fan <laughs> yes. and uh, when I'm in Bombay next, which I haven't been in three years now, 2019 oh, okay. May was my last, more than three years. Yeah. Um, I just want to take my time getting back to stand up. So when I do, I will Great. hit you up when I'm in Bombay. You do Definitely. live in Bombay, right? Yes, yes, I'm based in Bombay. So we'll meet. We'll meet Great. with your brother. If not, we'll just meet yes. and we'll chill. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much and have a lovely time. And you, Meghna. Thank you so much for doing this. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, please do check out the other episodes on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And I would much appreciate it if you could like the video, share it with people who you think might enjoy it. And of course, do subscribe to the channel because it will help me and the podcast grow and reach more people just like you. So thanks again. Appreciate it.